Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome into the nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the next hour or so as we wrap up a football Friday here on WGR and get ready for the Bills to take on the Miami Dolphins tomorrow night at Highmark Stadium. Should be a very, very fun game, a game that I will not attend. I'll be here. I, You know, I thought about it. I'm talking about weather games last night and just thinking about it now, I've never actually attended a night Bills game. Never had the opportunity. When I was growing up, the Bills just didn't play on prime time. Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, they really didn't do it. And if they did, they were on the road. Thursday night game, I want to say, maybe one of the first color rush games of all time between the New York Jets, it was at MetLife. It was not in Buffalo. And I just, I was thinking about it. And it's not like I'm you know mad or upset or feel like I've missed something. But it is kind of weird that like I've just never seen a night game in Buffalo. And it's... It, I don't know. I like I now I really want to see one. Now I want to go to one. My brother's been to one. I mentioned that last night that he went to last year's divisional round game against or excuse me, the wildcard round against the New England Patriots. And I'm just like sitting here and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing out like really bad. And now I desperately want to get to one. So I like that's I I've been to my first Bills road game, did that this year. Now I feel like I've got to get to a night game. I've got to get to a primetime game. I, my only problem is, and like while I do like weather games, I like watching them from the comfort of my own home or here from work. I don't, I don't really want to go to them. So if if we're gonna do this, it's gotta be early ish in the season, where I'm not just freezing my tail off. I don't want that. I don't, I don't need that in my life. I can go my entire life and never have that experience, and I'll be happy. I'll be more than okay. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bills and Dolphins game coming up in the next hour. Uh, I do want to talk about the rest of the AFCs, namely the New York Jets tonight. And mainly when it comes to the Jets, Mike White is out. He has not been able to be cleared by any of the New York Jet doctors. Apparently Mike White was talking to the media today. He said he tried to talk to at least around 10 doctors. None of them would clear him. 
So they're going back to Zach Wilson. They're playing the Detroit Lions on Sunday at 1. I will be glued to that game. I already probably was going to watch that game anyways. I'm... I was going to start Mike White in my fantasy playoff matchup. That's a whole story. I drafted Russell Wilson late in the draft, and that was a complete failure. So it's been quarterback by committee. But I, I tripped into the one seed, and I was going to go with Mike White. So I was, I was going to watch the game. I like Mike White. I like the way the Detroit Lions are playing. So I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to watch that game. But it came down today that he's not playing. He is not even going to be active. They, the doctors would not clear him. He suffered a rib injury against the Bills. If if you have not heard, he, he also had to be taken away from that game in a hospital. He didn't immediately go right back to you know the Jets facilities or, or back to New Jersey. He he left the game and went to a hospital. So that's a whole thing. I, I still do not know how he got cleared to come back in the game twice, but he did. But the big story here now is Zach Wilson starting again. Mike White is clearly, well not a great quarterback by any means, a significant upgrade over Zach Wilson, which is saying a lot. I don't think Mike White is great. I do like watching him play, but I think I like watching him play more because it feels like all of the talented receivers the Jets have actually are getting the ball. Where traditionally with Wilson, it's a struggle to get anyone the ball, let alone guys down the list like an Elijah Moore or a Denzel Mims. Now, that being said as well, Corey Davis is likely going to be out for this game. Quinn Williams is 50 50. This is a do-or-die kind of game for the Jets. They're in the AFC. They're floundering a little bit. They're 7-5, and five, I want to say. And this is, in a way, kind of for their playoff hopes that they need to win this game. This is the, one of the biggest Jet games I can remember in quite a long time. And they're coming in the 7-6, and six, excuse me. And if they lose this game, yeah, Detroit's in the NFC. I mean, it helps Detroit. But they drop to 7-7. Seven and seven. All of a sudden, the Jaguars are nipping at your heels. They got a tough game against Dallas. We'll talk about them in a minute. But all of a sudden, the very promising Jet season can go up in flames. And the reason why I'm, I'm talking like this when I when I say or when I'm talking about all this, like I'm kind of burying them already. And for me, it because this game feels like the last hurrah for Wilson. And not in a good way, obviously. You know, last hurrah for a lot of players would be, oh, they're retiring and stuff like that. But for me, this feels like the Alamo for Wilson. Everyone kind of knows he's not good. He was benched and hasn't been active for a few weeks now is almost maybe a punishment slash, you know, sit and learn and kind of understand what's going on in this position. And to me, it feels like this is it. That he's going to go out there this Sunday, play poorly, they'll lose to the Detroit Lions, and at that point, there is no going back. That's where I don't really think the Jets themselves want to be at either. I think the Jets front office, coaching staff, all of that really did want to bring Wilson in next year and maybe have an open competition, maybe play it up that, you know, yeah, we, we really feel like Zach Wilson or that, you know, that Wilson's made like a huge jump here and there and, and play it up. They drafted him with the second overall pick. They're going to want to make this work. But if he goes out there on Sunday and looks as abysmal as he has most of this year. It's over. It's done. You can't walk that back. You're not going to be able to walk into ownership and say, hey, yeah, no, we really still think this guy's got it, when he essentially torpedoed your playoff hopes. Single-handedly, I might add. You can't walk that back. And to do it against a team like Detroit, who is on a heater, 
They are playing so well. And they have a really nice run here to end the season where I think they legitimately will end the season 10-7 and and win out and make the playoffs. I really like where the Lions are at right now. But for the Jets, it's completely opposite. They're a very talented team. I like the the argument of who is actually better, Miami or the Jets. I think top to bottom, roster-wise, I actually like the Jets better. I really, really like the Jets. Number one, yeah, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wilde are great. But I think Garrett Wilson is special on the levels of potentially, you know, two or three years, a guy like a Justin Jefferson. I think he is that special. Elijah Moore, for me, consistently, is just not getting the ball enough. And we've had Jets reporters come on all of our shows and say the same thing, that he's open. Just He's the third or fourth read. Like, it's tough to get down there. But he's open. But if a quarterback's doing their job correctly, which Mike White is a very quick processor, that's the best trait he has, he will always run a very efficient offense. He doesn't get to Elijah Moore often. But when he does, Moore's open for like 15, 16 yards every time it feels like. Then you go over to the defense. Quinton Williams is the best defensive tackle in football, not named Aaron Donald. They have a really, really good pass rush. Sauce Gardner is going to be an all-pro cornerback for the next five, six years, or at least that caliber. Where the Dolphins, I love their offense. I think their offense is fun. Their defense is so many question marks. So many question marks. Even them getting Bradley Chubb, which felt like a really big move at the trade deadline. He has done nothing for the Dolphins. He completely disappeared. Armando Salguero came on this week with Chopin the Bulldog. And he kind of said the same thing. Like, you thought he was a top five pass rusher in football until he got with the Dolphins. Now he hasn't been anything. He's just kind of been a guy. There's massive question marks all over that roster. But they are a very, very fun offense. Now, to kind of hit that point real quick, for Bills, Dolphins, I talked a little bit about this last night, so I'll, I'll run through it as quick as I can. I'm not worried about the Dolphins. I'm not. I, I am of the belief, I think, what they're saying about the weather and about the snow and all that stuff feels very forced and, fe- and very fake. It feels like they're trying to prepare themselves by mentally or, or by verbally just saying that it's not going to bother them. So they maybe are trying to will it into existence, and I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's how this game is going to go. The Bills have issues on offense. Yes, I don't like that they're bringing in retired guys to fill a serious position of need, which is wide receiver. But these are guys that I don't think are going to need to be huge contributors, just limited. Brown far more than Beasley. Beasley's going to be you know the slot guy, but we'll see how that goes. I still have a lot of faith in Shakir. I think Brandon Bean spoke about Shakir earlier this week as well and said he really likes bringing in guys like Brown and Beasley because he thinks Shakir can learn from them. He believes he can be an inside-out guy, which I fully agree with. I thought Shakir always had potential to be an outside wide receiver along with inside receiver. So we'll see how that goes. I want to see him use more, but for me, I'm not I'm not nervous about this game for the Bills. I think the Dolphins are just not physically prepared to come into this game. And along with that, yes, they're missing Von Miller. But the emergence of guys like Gregory Rousseau has softened that blow a considerable amount. Rousseau looks phenomenal. And the Bills were missing him for like three, four weeks. And he looks exceptional at times on the field. Tredavious White, another week of him being fully healthy. See about the rest of the secondary, but as long as Jordan Poyer's in there, I feel pretty good about the secondary as a whole. And I just don't know if Tua's got the arm 
I don't know if he's got really the wherewithal to deal with the snow. I, I've been seeing statistics all week about how bad Tua is in cold weather. Not even just snow, just in cold weather. Tem- temperatures below, I think, 50 degrees. It is a nightmare for him. And a lot of people I know have talked about this as well and seen this story about them bringing heaters to Los, to Los Angeles when they were playing the Chargers in a dome in L.A. because it was, what, 55 degrees, I think, in, in Los Angeles last week? Guys, you're not ready even a little bit. And this is where for a long time I was somebody as well that did want to have a dome. I Because I, as you heard me talk a few moments ago, I don't really care to sit in the cold. I just don't. And to be fair, I want to see my offense, which right now is elite, I want to see them at the best of their capabilities every single game that they host at home. I want that always. But this is the positive element of having the elements. There are teams, there are a number of teams in the NFL that are just literally not prepared for these. A lot in the AFC, AFC East in particular, they're fine. The Patriots in Boston, they deal with this. The Jets in New Jersey and New York City, they deal with this. Not to this level, but they deal with the cold. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, they deal with the cold. Green Bay, of course. But like a team like Minnesota... Sure, they're in that area, but they have a dome. They're not the same anymore. Indianapolis. Indiana gets snow, absolutely. They're absolutely the Midwest. But they've played a dome for it what feels like my entire life. Then you get to the Florida teams. Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa. Are we sure they're really ready for the cold? Can they deal with it? Because it seems like they can't. It seems like all their comments are leading to them super not being able to deal with it. And I agree with Bulldog on this point as well. It would be jarring almost if the Dolphins came in tomorrow night, beat the Bills, and I would be sitting there watching the World Cup final and just having almost like this feeling of bewilderment of like, how did that happen? And I'll, and I'll of course, know how it'll happen. I'll watch the game, the whole thing. We'll know exactly what happens. But it'll still feel like a, how did that happen? And it'll be, it, it, to me, it would be more so than 13 seconds, which also left me in a state of bewilderment for like a good 24 hours. I would probably feel the same way of, how did a team from Miami who had to bring heaters last week to Los Angeles in a dome beat us in a snow game? The Miami Dolphins offense can't run the ball. Jeff Wilson is questionable, and it doesn't really matter if you're fast. You may not be able to get traction. I just don't see how this game goes well for the Miami Dolphins at all. Instead, to me, what it's starting to feel like is the wheels falling off of what was initially a very promising season. They're 8-5 and five right now. The Bills could lock up a playoff spot with a win tomorrow. I think that happens, and I think the Miami Dolphins leave that game at 8-6, and six, clinging onto, I want to say, the 7th seed. With, again, teams like Jacksonville coming after the Tennessee Titans at the top of the AFC South. Very quickly, it could become a, oh, Miami's just being left out. Like, it's just, they can't they can't close the season. Looking at the rest of their schedule and what they've got coming up. Number one, of course, we know, the Bills game. I think they lose this game. I don't want to say it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be comfortable. Then they get Green Bay at home. Green Bay, to me, is a dead team this year. They're just not, no, they're not, they're not it. Tell me when Jordan Love plays. Like, that's where I'm at with them. New England, at New England. 
potentially another cold game. Are we sure that's going to go well for them? It's probably another cold game. New Year's Day? Ugh. And then the Jets at home. These feel like crucial games. And it's not like the Dolphins blew out the Jets. The Jets blew them out with Zach Wilson in at quarterback. Now, a lot of that was to the running game. Brees Hall was in. Skylar Thompson was quarterback. But they still couldn't stop the run game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Michael Carter is still a good running back. The Dolphins season to me feels like it is treading water at best. And it's a team that is trying to put on a strong face as they also feel it is coming. Feel that, oh boy, what what is happening? The wheels are coming off. What is going on? That's this this sort of team that it gives the vibe to me. The constant comments of, you know, McDaniel wearing, we want it colder to a tongue of a Loa saying it snowed in Alabama. That's not a team that is used to playing in the snow. The honest answer is to say, yeah. It'll affect everybody. Josh Allen said it. It's going to be bad weather on both sides. Can't make mistakes. Instead of almost trying to taunt the weather and say we're better than the weather. You're not. Simply put, you're not. Look at the win game from last year. The Bills, high-powered offense, kicking all kinds of ass. And then the win game happened. And the offense couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do a lick. With Allen's incredible arm, even though it felt later in the game that, man, no, they're fine. They're okay. They, like, they can throw the ball. It was just too late. 
Tua's arm is nowhere near Allen's and projected, you know, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds and the snow. And I'm supposed to sit here and think that Tua's going to do something? He can't even move. He can't even run. Rousseau, Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver, Quan Jones. They will eat him alive. To me, it just, it, it, all signs are lining up to this is sort of the burial grounds for the Dolphins season, which would feel very appropriate. The Miami Dolphins come up to a Western New York team in Buffalo in the middle of a snowstorm and their season collapses in on itself. They've lost three in a row. They don't know where they're, what they're doing. Two has probably played three terrible games in a row and everything is collapsing in on itself. That's what this feels like. I do want to hit on some other games that I want to watch this weekend because I think it's, it's going to be kind of a big big weekend a little bit. We're getting towards the end of the season. Playoff matchups are starting to kind of be crystallized. We're starting to see which teams are you know actually going to make a push, who should really just look to lose every single game so they can tank and get a better pick. So going through some of those, Jaguars versus Cowboys on Sunday. To me, it's just it's the Jaguar yo-yo. That I've been, I kind of have been enjoying this year, but also I'm getting very frustrated by. But it seems like Trevor Lawrence is really starting to figure it out over in Jacksonville. I think he's had two of his last three games over 300 yards, over 700 or, or over 70 completion percentage. He is playing exceptional football as of late. They just blew out the Tennessee Titans, and the, and now they're going to take on Dallas. Who Dallas's defense is very, very good, but you saw against Houston last week where they're not this complete juggernaut that is just going to walk through teams and you're just kind of waiting for the next Eagles-Dallas matchup. That's not what's happening at all. And again, looking at Trevor Lawrence's numbers against Baltimore in late November, 78 completion percentage, 321 yards, three touchdowns. Detroit, he got hurt, had to come back. He still wound up with 179 yards and a touchdown. And then last week against Tennessee, in which was... A huge statement game for me for me and them. 71 completion percentage, 368 yards, and three touchdowns. And to me, he hasn't even thrown an interception since October 30th. I mean, like, th- like quietly, it feels like Trevor Lawrence has arrived. And no one's really talking about it because the Jaguars just aren't there yet. Like, if their record was flipped and they weren't, what are they, 5-8? and eight? Yeah, if they weren't 5-8 and eight and they were instead 8-5, and five, we'd be talking about Trevor Lawrence and his ascension and his arrival into the NFL. Instead, he's going to quietly probably finish with like 32 touchdown passes and like eight interceptions and will quietly be like a top 10 quarterback in football. That's what he's trending towards. And in a division where Tennessee looks to be very quickly ignoring what should be a rebuild and instead are just going to try to force their way into always being competitive, they're 7-6 and six, and it feels like nothing positive there. They've lost three in a row. And then the Colts, I don't know what the hell is going on there. Uh, Jeff Saturday is not officially going to be the coach next year. We knew that. I mean, he's got the interim tag. But Jim Irsay is is still going to use him and, and, and potentially bring him on as coach. I don't know why anyone would actually grab onto that job either. They're probably just going to get another old quarterback to come in and try to force their way into also, again, being competitive instead of just rebuilding. And then Houston. Houston's likely going to draft Bryce Young this year in April. And after that, they still have a load of empty talent. They are not full of young talent. They still need to use their draft picks. They'll get Bryce Young and still probably finish with four wins next year. Jacksonville's in a perfect spot 
to really make some noise in the AFC South, a division that has constantly been looking for someone to really grab hold and run with it and feel competitive. To me, it could start on Sunday. If they beat Dallas and go to 6-8, and eight, number one, they are really making moves on Tennessee. Tennessee is now going to have to really start winning games consecutively to keep the Jaguars away from them. I don't care if the Jaguars finish this season 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs. But to me, it would be that thing, making the playoffs. They would already have their quarterback in place. They have a ton of young talent. That would feel big for them. They play Dallas, they play the Jets, they play Houston, they play Tennessee. If they get through Dallas, you're telling me they can't win, they can't run the table? That last game in Week 18, they'd be a ton of fun in a, in a, in a division that is constantly a laughingstock, the Thursday Night Football division, the AFC South. That would be spectacular if it could be sort of a battle of the Tennessee Titans, the team kind of everyone is, you know, do we take them seriously? No, 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 we don't take them seriously. Wait, they're, eh, they're competitive again. Do we? No, no, okay. And the Jaguars, who have just been a laughingstock. I think this could be the arrival of Trevor Lawrence, like officially where people are really talking about him. But that Week 18 game against Tennessee, if they do win out and go into, into that game, potentially looking at a playoff spot, that's when the Jaguars are taken seriously in the NFL world again. It'll be at home, and we saw how the Jaguars ended last year at home. They whooped on the Colts to steal a playoff spot from the Colts. They, they themselves did not make the playoffs, but the Colts didn't because they lost that game. Another game I want to watch, the Eagles versus the Bears. I just kind of like watching the Eagles. I think they're a very, very fun team to watch. They're exciting. They're good. I somewhat agree with Ross Tucker. I do think this is one of the most talented Eagles teams of all time. I still think 2017 is better, mainly because it felt like everyone was peaking at the right time. I think A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are better receivers than anyone on that Eagles 2017 team had. But I think the 2017 Eagles, number one, had maybe the best offensive line of all time, and their defense was exceptional. They could rotate eight to nine guys on that defensive line and just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Carson Wentz almost won an MVP with that team. I think that says a ton. 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He was barely over six in completion percentage. But just, that team was unbelievable on third downs. But I like watching this Eagles team a lot. And, of course, I love Justin Fields. I don't think this is much of a surprise if you've heard or listened to me at all in the past year and a half. I love Justin Fields. I love what the Bears are building. They're not a good football team right now. They are going to go into this offseason with the most cap space by anybody by quite a bit in the NFL. And now it looks like they have their quarterback to really build around. It's a great recruiting tool to get guys to sign because they'll play with a young quarterback who's exciting. They're going to get on some primetime games. I mean, they're in Chicago. They're going to get those anyways. But they're also in a division that is ripe for the taking. I like Detroit. I don't like Jared Goff. I think he's playing really, really good football right now. But if you're asking me to pick one of the uh, or one of the other, taking Justin Fields every day of the week and twice on Sunday, Bengals versus Tampa. I just like seeing Tom Brady lose and the Bengals. To me, I, I want to start watching that team more and more now as that matchup draws closer. Because to me, of course, as I've kind of mentioned, I think that the Bills are going to run through Miami. They're going to beat Chicago. It's it's now. Last week it was the Jets game. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm just I'm looking to Miami. I'm kind of doing that now with Miami of I'm just looking to Cincinnati. That, to me, is the one seed right there. You beat Cincinnati, you're going to get the one seed. If you don't, you're going to have a fight with Kansas City the whole way. And Giants versus Washington. I really enjoyed the fact that these two tied, went on a bye, and are going to play again. They are 
duking it out for a playoff spot. The Giants are not America's darling anymore. They have lost quite a bit since starting, what was it, 6-2? and two? They're 7-5 and five now. 7-5-1, and one, excuse me. And Washington, Taylor Heineke, I, he's kind of, like him and Mike White are sort of the same person where both teams, like, they will just die for average NFL quarterbacks, probably even below average, but they get the ball out, they get it to their star players, and they just, they, they don't, they don't do anything too dumb. They just they they keep it simple and just get down the field. So I like watching that, and of course it is Sunday night football, so it makes it easy for that. But those are some of the games I'm also looking forward to watching this weekend. After of course the Bills game ends on Saturday night. That being Jaguars versus Cowboys, Eagles versus Bears, Bengals versus Tampa, and Giants versus Washington. Going to take a quick time out. We come back. The Sabers continue to look pretty darn good. They beat the Colorado Avalanche last night 4-2 off a very, very good performance by UPL. Owen Power did not end up playing last night, and they did elevate somebody, so we'll see how that goes. We'll talk a little bit about that as we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you. As we wrap up a football Friday here on WGR, we get ready for the Buffalo Bills to take on the Miami Dolphins tomorrow night. Kickoff set for 8-15. Pre-game will start right here on WGR very early. Sports Talk Saturday with Derek Kramer starting at 11 a.m. And we'll take you all the way to kickoff at 8-15 where John Murphy, Eric Wood, and Sacapaccio will be on the call. And then, of course, following the game post-game till uh, you know early in the morning, most likely. We'll see what happens there. But I do want to I do want to transition over to the Sabers, who they've won two in a row, and they're starting to claw a little bit back into some relevance. They're five points out of a playoff spot, which is not great. I was looking a little bit at the standings today. I'm not somebody that's totally ignored them, but I have for the most part kind of ignored them. But I was looking a little bit, you know, the last two days, and they're five points out from a wild card spot. That would be with the New York Islanders at 35 points. The Sabers sit at 30, and they've got Washington, Detroit and Florida ahead of them right now. But man, are they fun to watch. And it has gotten to a point where, yes, I'm looking at the, at the at the the standings and the schedule and what's coming up next and the fact that I know for a fact that they're playing Arizona tomorrow night and then they're going to play Vegas on Monday and then it gets a little dicey. I think they have Tampa coming up as well, Detroit again, and then I want to say Boston as well. Vegas, Tampa, Columbus, Detroit, and Boston. And a part of me is like, I know for a fact that this five-point window is going to close. I'm I'm not okay with it, but I do understand that this team is still building. I think they, they want to be this year's New Jersey Devils next year. Now, the difference with the Devils was that they had some goaltenders from last year who were just hurt, and they, they're healthy this year. And now this young team with, with Jesper Bratt, and Quinn Hughes and, and, and or Jack Hughes and you know all their young talent is coming together. They're able to now push forward and all right, we're going for it. And they're one of the leaders in the Metropolitan. I mean, they've lost four straight, but they're still really, really good in the East overall. But then I look at the Western Conference and I get like irrationally mad. Where I'm just like, can you guys like do anything correctly? I'm looking over the team right now with Thompson, Cousins, Darlene, Tuck, Skinner, who's been suspended the last two games, and he's been on a great year. And it's not even to mention Quinn and Paterka. And I look over at the Western Conference. If they're 30 points right now, let's say everything went the exact same. They are just in the Western Conference. They are two points out of a playoff spot. 
with Colorado and Calgary being the teams they're kind of dealing with. They're ahead of Vancouver, they're ahead of St. Louis, they're ahead of Nashville. And then you just get to the bottom feeders. San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, Chicago. And I'm just like sitting here and I'm like, why? And I knew the Western Conference would be worse. I know that. I know it's a lot of tank for Connor Bedard. And it, um, I think it's Matt V. Mitchkov is the as the Russian player as well, who eh, he's a little dicey if he's even going to be able to play in the next like two years, three years because of a KHL contract. But it is very frustrating seeing how good this team is. And the goaltending is not good. I do want to talk a little bit about UPL's very good performance from last night. But it is it is frustrating to see how good they're playing, to see that in a moment's notice they can kill a team six goals against the, the Los Angeles Kings in the third period to win the game 6 nothing. Last night against Colorado, two goals so quick that Colorado barely had time to get on the ice before they were down 2 nothing. Of course, the game against Columbus, where it was just, it felt like it was like, okay, this is now, now you're being a little aggressive. Like, this is kind of mean. You know, these guys have families. They have that ability to turn it on and to just attack a team so viciously. And I think now we're at a point, too, that if the Sabres do make the playoffs, Tate Thompson's going to be, if not the heart candidate, one of the heart candidates, the heart winner because of his performance that he's putting up with a team that traditionally is not supposed to be very good. And that's the thing, too. If the Sabres make the playoffs, I don't care if it's in a wild card. If he finishes third in points, like where he's at right now with 46, if he finishes third in points behind Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, he will win the Hart Trophy. That is just a fact. He will win the Hart Trophy if the Sabres make the playoffs and he's third or fourth in points. Taylor Hall's year that he won the Hart Trophy, I think he was like fifth or sixth in points. It was more the fact that he dragged what was overall a not great New York, uh, New Jersey Devils team to the playoffs. And right now, you're looking at Tate Thompson. He might go for the Richard Trophy with how many goals he's scoring, where, where it feels like every single night he is just putting up ridiculous numbers after ridiculous numbers. Last night, he had two points again. And you're just sitting here going, I, he's just going to keep going. And I feel bad. And I, I mentioned this earlier this week, too, where it's just, he's taken away what should be like a lot of people talking about Dylan Cousins and his rise to not stardom, but his rise. He's playing incredibly, incredibly well. He put away just an empty, empty netter last night. Nothing crazy, but he's sitting right now with 31 points, 11 goals to 20 assists. Last year, he had 38 points in 79 games. Are you joking? Yes, he was a snake-bitten player last year, but he had 38 points in 79 games. In 30, this year he has 31. By the end of January, easily, he will have surpassed his last year's numbers. Easily. You go to Rasmus Dahlin, 35 points. Right now, through 80 games last year, he had 53. He had 13 goals. He has 10 right now. And then back to Tate Thompson, 46 points right now. And his breakout year last year, he had 68. He's already getting close to breaking his goals for his, his points from last year. He's only eight assists away from topping what he had last year at 30. He's at 22 now. And back to like the point I made about 
the Hart Trophy, Taylor Hall's year that he won. He was 26 years old, 2017, 2018, 39 goals, 54 assists, 93 total points. Tate Thompson's already at 46. He's at 30 games. I don't want to say he's definitely going to win the Hart Trophy. Again, my, my whole basis on Thompson winning that is he's going to have to, the, the Sabres are going to have to make the playoffs. But they've got a stretch here where I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can really put in some performances. And if you're in a playoff spot or if you're really flirting with one, come January 1st, you've got something here. Arizona, Vegas, out west trips, Vegas, Jack Eichel's on IR, and they're also, they're good. They're very good. But I think the Sabres can get them in Vegas without Eichel and the way they're currently playing. You have Arizona. That's the thing, too. I think you should, you should absolutely, and you're in Arizona, but let's be honest, like you're playing in a college arena, like get after it. Win three in a row. Go against Vegas. If you can scrape together, get a point against a team that, it, yes, albeit is 22-9-1. They are on, they're a very, very good team. But without Jack Eichel, I do like their chances. Tampa, ugh, I don't love that. Columbus again, I'll light them up. Do it again. Do it again. They're going to they're gonna absolutely throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. Do it again. Detroit and Boston. Those two, There's two games in there that I don't feel great about. It is Vegas and it is Boston. But the goaltending is playing much better. UPL, finally it felt like had a good night. 39 saves last night. The team went a bit of a shell in the third period, which is when Colorado was able to make their comeback, but he was playing very, very well. He had a number of great saves. And then you go into January. Ottawa, Washington, Minnesota, Seattle, Winnipeg. Your first five games out of the gate in January. I like where this team is going right now. I really, really like where this team is going. I think they can make a play. I think they can make a playoff push here. Because I look now at the rest of the Eastern Conference. Washington, they've got to eventually get old, right? Pittsburgh is the other old team, and they're playing very, very well. But they've got to get old eventually, and it feels like they are getting old. Detroit, they've lost four in a row. Looking at their their you know next upcoming games, it's Ottawa, Washington, Tampa, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Ottawa. Well, they're, they're really going to play Ottawa a lot in very quick succession. That's ridiculous. They can drop a number of games there. Florida. Florida's just simply put, not the team they were last year. Losing Huberto and essentially putting in Matthew Kachuk, yes, is a one-for-one, but they lost a ton of other pieces going to Calgary. Buffalo right now is with Montreal and Ottawa. Ottawa 28 points, Montreal 30. But I would absolutely take Buffalo's current core, which going into the season, most people would have taken if we're looking at the young teams, Ottawa and Detroit. Those are the other Eastern Conference teams that people were looking at as, they're the young guns, which core do you like best? A lot of people said Ottawa. Brady Kachuk, they had, you know, Claude Giroux came in, Josh Norris. You know, they, had a few, they had a few guys. Norris is out, Claude Giroux is fine, Brady Kachuk is good. But they're, they're not what the Sabres are right now. The Sabres have jumped into a conversation of, in two or three years, they will be the best offensive team in hockey year in and year out. Thompson looks like he is going to be a perennial 85-plus point player. Cousins 
has gone from a guy where I'm, I mentioned this last night. I thought maybe 55, 60 points tops was it for him. He is already at 31 now. He topped out at 38 last year. He's probably going to be a guy that flirts with 70 points, 75, maybe even 80 if they if the assists keep going up. Rasmus Dahlin looks like maybe 75, 80-point defenseman. Tuck is at 31 points. Skinner is kind of having a good year as well. I'm not seeing his numbers. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right now, I do not know why I don't know. I'm going to look up Skinner's stats now because I know for a fact he's up there as well in terms of stats. Got to find this out. Is it because he's suspended that I'm not getting it on this website? That's kind of ridiculous. Jeff Skinner right now is at 32 points. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And he just got suspended for three games. So he's probably, the way the Sabres are playing, he'd probably be at 36 right now. Maybe 37. This is a very, very good team. With a team that is doing all of this with young guys. They are the youngest team in hockey. And they are making a push that actually feels relevant. That's maybe, I think, my favorite part of this whole thing is they feel like a relevant hockey team again. Where for years, they just simply put, we're not that. And now it feels like, and maybe not permanently, but at least now for the next few years, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, no one's going to sit there and go, oh, it's the Buffalo Sabres. No, you'll say and go, oh yeah, Tate Thompson's sick. Rasmus Dahlin's awesome. Dylan Cousins, underrated. And he's going to be underrated. And that's going to that's gonna piss people off. And, I'm, and I understand, but he's underrated. And he's going to be because of Thompson. Because of guys like Quinn and Paterka. He's going to be horribly underrated for years. But it's all right. If he's that underrated, that means he's really, really good and you're just mad no one's talking about him. And I completely understand that. I'm going to be right there with you most likely. He's probably my favorite player on this current Sabres roster. But it feels like they're relevant again. And yeah, they've only won two in a row, and I get it, but they have not died yet. They're at 500 hockey, and the East has not completely separated itself like it did last year. So it feels like with the Sabres getting hot, maybe they can make a strike here. And that eight-game losing streak, it's to, to me, it's starting to feel like maybe there's going to be some, I don't want to say divine intervention, but just the way they're playing, it feels like maybe they put together a six, seven, eight-game win streak to count, to kind of balance that out. And now it feels like they're actually as good as their record says because all the numbers show you they are better than their record shows.
We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, do a little World Cup talk as the final is this Sunday, and the third place game is actually tomorrow morning. We'll do a little bit of that as we wrap up the show on a Football Friday here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR as we get ready to wrap up a Football Friday as the Bills get ready to take on the Miami Dolphins at Highmark Stadium tomorrow night. Lake effect snow is expected. Before we leave, though, I do want to give a thought real quick on the World Cup, which is wrapping up on Sunday. The third-place game is tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. between Croatia and Morocco. On Sunday, it will be France and Argentina. And before we go, I do want to just kind of I, – I hope Argentina wins. I, I really, really do. I've loved this World Cup so far. I do not love where it is based. I don't love the pol- uh, the politics surrounding it. I'm very much against that and the fact that this was a essentially stolen World Cup. It was bribery and all that fun stuff that we all love to talk about. But in terms of the games on the field, it has been spectacular. A ton of penalty shootouts, a lot of drama, great – you know. Cinderella teams, Morocco itself being the first African nation to make it to the semifinal was awesome. You got to see sort of these historic bow outs as well with Cristiano Ronaldo leaving. He left in tears, which is now kind of it, itself become kind of an iconic moment of the World Cup. But now we also get a chance to see one of the legends of the game who has never won a World Cup, has won every other award you can win in soccer except a World Cup. We get to see Lionel Messi give it one more chance to try to lift that trophy. First time since 1986 when Diego Maradona raised it for Argentina. That's the last time Argentina has won a World Cup. I I would love if he could win one. France won in 2018. Kylian Mbappe is already maybe the best World Cup player of all time at 24 years old, 23 years old. I, I, I want the old guy to win it. I love Messi. I love watching him play. I thought the way they've rebounded since losing to Saudi Arabia in the first game of the World Cup has been nothing short of spectacular. They are a ton of fun to watch. And they feel like a complete team, which in 2014, when they lost to Germany, they simply were not. Their offense is still very reliant on Lionel Messi doing magic, which is fine. I mean, if you're the best player on the planet, do that. But they actually feel like they have players who can finish beautiful passes for Messi, and they play such good defense. They're a very, very good team to watch. Again, that is Sunday at 10 a.m., and then tomorrow's third-place game is also at 10 a.m. That's between Morocco and Croatia. All right, that's going to do it here for the nightcap here on WGR. Coming up tomorrow... Bills pregame. It effectively starts at 11 in the morning with Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer will take you all the way to, I want to say, 3 o'clock where we'll get our official Bills game day going. That's, of course, with Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, and Nate Geary. And they'll take you all the way to kickoff at 8.15 where John Murphy, Eric Wood, and Sal Capaccio will be on the call when the Buffalo Bills take on the Miami Dolphins for Saturday night football. This has been the Nightcap, and this is WGR. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can 
put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 